Amen. Romans chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go there. I'll get there very rapidly. Romans chapter 12, this is, uh, this is one of my favorite verses. This is, this is one of the verses I started out with this last week, um, and I wanna, or on Sunday, and I want to continue with this. this is, we're just going to read verse 2 right here. Um, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That would have been really off. I was like, that, didn't, that does not look like the scriptures I need. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Get there real quick. Romans chapter 12, it says this, do not, be, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Very simply, in order to live the life that God has for us, we've got to change the way we think about things. And God says, basically, everything that we've known up to this point Maybe you've been in church a lot. Maybe you haven't been in church. I was not raised in a church like this, where I really understood the word. They would read the Bible, but I didn't know what they were doing. I really didn't pay attention. And now God has really started to work on me over the last 10 or 15 years to really understand what it means to serve him and to live for him. And it really comes by changing the way we do this. Because until we change this, we really can't do what God's called us to do. And so once we change the way we think, then we can move forward and do what God's called us to do. And so um, tonight I want to change the way we think about insecurity and how we can now take that insecurity and drive it towards our dreams that God's placed in our heart. Ephesians chapter 4, the other verse I told you to go to, says this. For those of you that go to Emerge, you know probably what's going through my mind right now and how we remember where Ephesians is at. My wife is smiling. She knows what I'm talking about. There we go. <laughs> General Electric Power Company, for those of you that helps me. Galatians, Ephesians. Yeah, General Electric Power Company. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 is what we're going to read. It says this, and I'm going to read this out of the New International Version. It says, so I tell you this, <clears throat> and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do, the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in the understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sen sensuality so as to indulge themselves in every kind of impurity and a continual lust for more. Now, let me stop right there. We're going to continue here in just a minute. Sometimes when we talk about insecurities, and I want you to understand this, Everybody in this room deals with insecurities. Whether we acknowledge it or not, every one of us deal with insecurities. Maybe it's the way we look. In fact, one of the, the, the most insecure uh, professions in the world is the model agency. Models are some of the most insecure people you will ever meet in your life. They, they just... They're not good enough. They're never good enough. There's always something better that they've got to get out there and do. I mean, you could see the, uh, um, this man on a cover or this woman on a cover of a magazine and think, wow, they've got everything together. But if you were to meet them in real life, you would realize very quickly that they are so self-conscious about all these things that I've always got to do this and I've always got to do this. We've got to change the way we think and not look at our other people to get our security. But we've got to look to God in order to get our security. Because otherwise, we continue to delve into insecurities because we're never going to compare to anybody in this room. Good or bad, 
We should never look to anybody else to compare ourselves and say, this is, oh good, I'm that much better. It's about trusting in what God's doing. Verse 20, it says, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the, with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Every one of us have deceitful desires. We have things that pull us back. And sometimes that's where insecurity drives up. To be made new, listen, this, this first right, to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to be put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Listen, without changing the way we think, there's absolutely no way that we can truly serve God. I, we, we can try, but if we try to do it the old way and serve God this way without letting go of the old, the past, things that are back there, listen, you, you never give God all. And so, so quickly we can walk and then we quit. And then we can walk and then we quit instead of fully giving in and saying, God, I'm all in. I've got to trust you and realize what's going on. And so I want to talk about three truths about insecurity. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Number one, everyone is insecure about something. Very simply, understand this. You're not the only one. Every person is insecure about something. It doesn't matter the people you see on TV or the person you saw this morning uh, going to the store or coming to work or your coworkers and things, everybody's insecure about something. In fact, I, I got on and I started looking at different insecurities that men deal with and, and that women deal with. And the top three insecure, most insecure things that men deal with is this, number one. This hits home for me, but <sighs> hair loss. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one right there, but uh, I just... I. God still knows my number, so that's a good thing. Number two is uh, physical fitness or your weight. That's, that's a big part. A lot of people, when we look at others, we do these things, we, we get insecure. I, I've been in this my whole life because I'm very skinny. And so I look at these other guys that are real big, and they've got all these muscles, and they're just big guys, and I become very insecure in those areas. In fact, it took me a long time to start going to the gym because I felt like, well, I'm, I'm so weak, I'm just going to be embarrassed. Not one person ever treated me like that, but I always felt like that. That was one of the insecurities I had to overcome. And the last thing, number three, is aging. We become insecure about aging. You hear about the midlife crises. Well, that happens sometimes because it's like, wow, we're getting older. And so those are the top three. There's a lot more to go, but uh, we can't cover all those things. For women, the top three, and you may guess these. You may think, okay. The number one thing was your body, the way your body looks. That's the number one thing that women are most insecure about is the the way their body looks. Number two was their personality. And number three was their weight. Those are the top three things for women, top three things for men. So I want you to understand this. Listen, every person in this room deals with insecurity. Everyone, including me. We all deal with these things, but it's all about how we deal with them. And so as we think about this, some of those may have hit home with you. Those may be the very things that you are dealing with today, or they may not be. You may have just said, hey, this is what I am. I talked about on Sunday, uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans, who has found his calling in life outside of being a pastor. His calling in life is to make people feel better about themselves at the pool. He does that by taking his shirt off and walking around the pool and saying, I've brought another one to know the Lord. I've brought another one to know the Lord because now they are so much happier by looking at my body 
and seeing what it does. And so no matter what, we've got to understand that insecurities are real. We can try to hide them, but God wants us to bring them to the front so that we can deal with them and start to really live life. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. Everyone deals with their insecurities in some way, right or wrong. Everyone deals with them. And, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. We have a choice on how we do these things. God wants us to look beyond our insecurities and look to him. Some people may turn to prayer about our insecurities. Some people may just like sweeping, sweep it under the rug and put something over it so you never have to look at it again. Others may make choices to spend time numbing themselves of those things so that they don't ever have to face that. The problem with handling it that way is that whether or not you see it, it's always there. And it's a choice and something that we have to realize has, it's real. This is a real thing. And in order to truly live and honor God, we've got to acknowledge these insecurities and start to allow God to process us through them and realize, hey, this is, this is great. Um, number three, and then I'll share a story. Number three is this. Insecurity is an open door for either God or the devil to operate in our lives. We choose. Um, go ahead and turn to Psalms 91 and I'll share a some of the things that I deal with. Um, I like to be an open book for some things. But I realize this. When I become an open book for people, it helps others to know that, hey, it, there are other people dealing with things. Uh, recently, recently, my wife and I were, went shopping, and uh, I'm not a big shopper. I am uh, more for let's get in the car and go home versus let's get in the car and go shopping. So... Um, we went shopping, and uh, she was showing me these new things, and I, I, I really like the way I used to look, and so I tried to revert back to the way I used to look, but my wife is like, no, this is what we need to do, and so she helps me in a lot of areas, very stubbornly, but she does it, and God's gifted her in that area, and so um, one of the things she's done is that uh, the, the shirts from like the 80s are back. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but they're back, and so um, these muscle shirts that I used to wear when I was a little tiny kid and really didn't care how I looked uh, are back. And she said, you should get one of these. And I was like, no, 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 I won't wear one of those. And she's like, no, you should. They're really in. They do this. I'm like, they could be in for everybody, but not me. They're not in for me. I'm not wearing those things. And so I, we went back and forth through this. Well, the real reason I didn't want them is because ultimately I look at myself and see myself as very skinny. I don't have big arms. So therefore, I should not wear cut-off shirts. Then I go walking out. First person I see, man, this guy has it on. And, and unfortunately, I compared myself to him. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm a lot bigger than that guy. And he's wearing that shirt. I should walk out and do those things. But I realized this. What I try to do is I'll hide it by wearing bigger clothes and doing these things. That is one of the insecurities that I have in my life. Now, you may not be dealing the same way with your insecurities, but mine was to hide those things. That's something that God's starting to work on me with, is that no matter what other people think, because that was a big hindrance in my thinking. If I wear this, what will other people think? Then I look at that guy and I'm like, well, he doesn't care. Why would I care? <laughs> and that should be our heart. 
I think too many times, I think insecurities come because we're worried about what others think instead of finding our security in what God thinks. That's where the changing the way we think all comes together. Because ultimately, if we don't change the way we think, then we cannot ever really truly grow with God. And, and <laughs> unfortunately, I, God has, I, I have some random pictures that come through my mind. And uh, I will say this, that if one of your insecurities was wearing a Speedo, and you're just going, oh, I'm not ready to go forward and do that for men, uh, don't call me to go with you. I'm just letting you know that because that ran through my mind, and I was like, okay, let's deal with that. <laughs> for, if you wanna, hey, if you want to do that, thumbs up. I'll be at home. Uh, Psalms 91. That was a random thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> Psalms 91 right there. Verse 1 says this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. When you think about insecurities, it's not resting in God that we find them. It's resting in ourselves and looking to others where we find insecurity. And I want you to understand, it's because the enemy, his goal is to try to point those things out in us all the time. You can't do that. You can't ever look like that. You'll never be like them. You'll never be good enough. But we've got to rest in what God has called us to do. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pencilence. He will cover you from his fe- with his feathers and under the wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor will the arrows that fly by day, nor will the pe- pestilence that stalks the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment for the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will, tread up, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample on the great lion and, and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Verse 15, he will call upon me and I will answer him. Listen, there's a lot of ways to deal with things in our life. If you'll call upon the Lord in these areas, God simply says, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. If we'll simply call upon the Lord, if we'll simply call upon the Lord with long life, I will satisfy him. In order to live life, we have to learn that insecurities are real. Insecurities are true in our life. But they're true from the enemy. And if we'll allow God to walk us through these areas, God will show us something incredible that he placed there. It's like finding a diamond in the rough. They're all sitting there waiting for God to open up and show you how amazing it is. We have to learn to abide in the house of the Lord. If we don't abide with God, listen, that security is gone. That security becomes an inward thing. 
And then all of a sudden, the only security you find is within yourself, and that's where you become insecure. When we find our security in God, you live in freedom. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Without the Spirit of the Lord is, there is no freedom. We have to trust in what God is doing. If we trust in what God is doing and let things go, I'll tell you, it is, it is a very hard thing to do the first time. But the more you do it, and the more you realize, hey, this is what God has called me to do, the more you can grow and the more you can absolutely enjoy this life. God didn't, let, make, he didn't want us to live this life with burdens. He didn't want us to live this life with hindrances. He wanted us to simply live this life to the fullest. And that's what God has called us to do. Here are three simple steps. Well, three, let's restate. Three steps that we can do to follow after God. Number one is this, turn to God. The first step is to turn to God. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read this out of the message version because it, it flows very well. The top, of my, the top of chapter 12 says, strength from weaknesses. Every one of us have these. But when we find it in the Lord, he takes every weakness we have and makes them a strength in him. Listen to how he does it. Verse 7 says this, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angels did his, be did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and he told me this. Listen, before I go on, think about that. How many times have you cried out to God about an insecurity? Something that has been burdening you, something that's been stuck on you. This is what God wants to say to each of us in those areas. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Listen to that. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strengths moving on in on my weakness. Now, I take limitless limitations in stride with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, uh, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks, I just let Christ, Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Very simply, Paul looked and he had an attitude and he said, it comes down to this, if we'll turn to God... He'll turn your weakness into a strength. He'll show you how to live this life to the fullest. You know, as I was going through this, one of the illustrations that God kind of rolled through my mind was this. When you go to the dealership and you're going to buy a new car, maybe it's something you've saved for years on, and all of a sudden, man, you've got enough money, you're going to go to the, you're going to go to the car dealership and you're going to pick up this car. It's your dream car. They walk in, they hand you the keys, you put them in your pocket, and you go up there and you get behind the bumper and you're looking at it and doing these things and you get down there and you get real close and you just start shoving the car and you start pushing it out of the parking lot. 
The salesman could come over and say, whoa, 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 what's wrong? Did it not start? No, no, I don't know. I got the keys in my pocket, but I've got to push this car all the way home. Otherwise, I'm not going to get home. And the thing that God showed me right there was this, is that a lot of times in life, that's what we do. We try to force the situation to make it happen instead of allowing God to be our ride to show us how to get to those, those places. Show us how to get to freedom. We try to push the door. We try to push those things in order to make it happen. Sometimes the simplest things, if we'll just slow down, get on our knees and turn to God, he can show us an incredible revelation. As I was uh, going through this, another story ran through my mind. Um, my wife's grandparents, uh, her grandma has a tough time of... Uh, keeping the keys out of the car when she locks it. And so um, we'll leave it at that. She's, she's very notorious for it. And uh, um, one day she had done this at one of the stores, and so she called uh, my wife's grandpa and said, uh, come down here, it's, I locked the keys in the car, and that was the last one. She had all these spares, but she had lost them or locked them in the car, and so they were, all, they were stuck. And so they called... Uh, the locksmith, and so the locksmith came down. He's like, I'm sorry, we've got to do this again. And they're like, oh, no, I love the swans. They're my best customers. But they keep going through this. And uh, so my wife's grandpa is talking to him, and so he's like, oh, I had the greatest story the other day. He said, I came to, the, I, he came to one of these, uh, like United, one of the shopping centers. And he came to it, and he said, he came up to it, and this lady was like, I need you to get down here. I've locked my keys in my car. I can't get in. I've got to get my stuff out. It may rain. I need you to get down here really, really fast. And so he's like, okay. So he gets down there. He hustles down there. He gets down to the car and uh, finds her. And she's like, oh, good. I'm glad you're here. If you could get my keys, they're right there. I can see them. See, the door's locked. I can't get in. I've tried. And so she, he goes over to the passenger side to put the little wedges in, and he starts to put the wedges in, and they fall in the car. And he looks and he's like, he reaches in the car and grabs the wedges back out. And he's like, ma'am, did you realize your window's down? She's like, yes, that's why I've got to get the keys out so I can roll that window up and be able to move these things. And she is going, I mean, just frantic going through all this stuff. And so he's like, okay, reaches in, unlocks the door and opens it for her. She's like, oh, thank you so much. Here's your keys. And so she gets in there, never realized that her window was down the whole time. And all she had to do was walk to the other side because she was so frantic in this area. And I think as I, as I was going through that story, I think that's kind of what God does sometimes with us. We get so frantic and caught up in these insecurities that that's what we focus on. She was so focused on her driver's side door was locked and the window up and the keys were sitting right there. She didn't check anything else. She simply would have walked around. It would have made life so much better. He had a great laugh at it. And uh, just, it's a good story. It's, it's something that we can remember right there. But if we'll simply look at God and realize that my grace, verse 9 says this, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. It's about trusting. And it's about simply just saying, God, show me. Show me what we need to do. Number two, if you're taking notes, is embrace your weakness. Embrace your weakness. As I was doing some research on this, I came across an article written by 
this gentleman named Ken Page. He's a psychotherapist. And he says, he, he wrote this article and it started off and it says, our deepest insecurities actually reveal our greatest gifts. And I was like, it, it intrigued me. And so I, I got in and I started reading it. And he said this, he said, Every, uh, a lot of the people that I've met with, he said, I sit down and I hear them share what's going on in their lives about how they were treated this way and treated that way. And he said, every time, it's like I realize they're, they're right near a core gift. And that's what he calls it, a core gift. But it's like shooting at a bullseye, and the bullseye in the middle is the actual core gift, but we never get close enough because we have to deal with things to get there. And he said, a lot of times in life, we just live on the outer edge and just get enough of it instead of truly coming in and experiencing what God has. It simply shows us in those insecurities an area that God is working with us. It's a gift that we have. And you may be sitting there going, well, I, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get that. How is my insecurity? How, with me not wearing a muscle shirt, how does that show me my gift? Ultimately, it's not the muscle shirt. It's not my body. It's my sensitivity. And that's something that God can use in us. And I've realized this as I was going through this. One of the areas I, I, I've really kind of shut down is my sensitivity area. My, my area of becoming sensitive to things. A lot of times I don't cry very much. Um, I, in fact, I've probably only cried since I've been an adult maybe four or five times. I cried at our wedding day. And I've cried a few times at the Men of Iron. But other than that, I really don't cry very much. Because a lot of my life I was raised to say men don't cry. Men don't cry. That's not what men do. And, and if you'll ever see Pastor Stormy, he's so humble and honest that he'll cry a lot because he's moved. And a lot of times I get moved, but I hold back the tears because I go back to an insecurity that I have of don't be so sensitive. And that's where God started working with me. And I'm telling you that this happened today, that he revealed these things to me. And this is something that now I will start on a journey with God in retraining me that it's okay to be sensitive. It's okay to cry. It's okay to do those things, which it's been a process that he's worked on me with. But more revelation is coming day after day. And that's one of the areas that we need to come back to is realize this. We need to embrace our weakness. Because that thing that weakness, that insecurity that we have, ultimately the root of it is the core gift that God has and he wants to bring out inside of each of us. As we trust God and realize what he can do, it's just opening up and following along is where it comes down to. We simply learn that those are gifts through God. But it takes practice of following through with what God has. Trusting in what he has for us. The third and final one right here is this. Put faith in God's grace. The third and final thing is put faith in God's grace. The definition of grace in, um, 
I know Pastor Stormy has shared this, and I'm going to give you a different one too, but the, the one that Pastor Stormy shares a lot is unmerited favor of God. The unmerited favor of God. That is what grace is all about. There is nothing that you can do to earn the grace of God. You can only receive it. We have to learn to receive those things. Another definition of it is this, is not how God should treat us, but how God values us. That's what his grace is. If we'll simply trust and put our faith in grace and in God, there is nothing that can hold us back. God's grace is all that we need. Verse 9 once again said, My grace is enough. It's all you need. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. We can change the way we live with these insecurities. And I've shared some of my own. We can simply change those into gifts if we'll allow God to walk us through this path. Grace allows us a stubborn, hurting, sinning, selfish person to live under the love that God has for us. I want you to understand this because insecurities are not just something we just play around with or we just skip over. This is something that once we learn to deal with it, God can do incredible things. I know that I've spoken with some different people that um, a lot of times they talk a lot. And the reason why they talk a lot is because they don't like silence. Because when silence comes, they have to think. And when they think, they have to get inside themselves. And when they get inside themselves, they reveal things they don't like. So what do they do? They continue to talk. And they talk, and they talk, and they talk. And that is one of the areas that we get into issues. Because ultimately, all we're doing is covering up our insecurities again. No matter what they are, it's time to pull back the covers. It's time to allow God to shine His light, His incredible, gracious light. Listen, there is nobody in this world, in our lives, that you would ever want to find you in the deepest, darkest spot other than God. Because He will treat you the only way that you need to be treated. It's about trusting and relying in God. Receive what He has for you tonight and watch how God moves. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes.